individual because I like to move around while I talk. So therefore, I'm going to come down with you today and see if we can share a word. What I want to share, I have shared before. But I find that sometimes as we go from day to day, we lose focus on certain things. We, life goes smooth, we have no problems with it. But I find out sometimes when we hit an obstacle in our life, it turns us upside down. And I want to share about this journey with Jesus. See, problems are, are, are really a part of this journey that we have with Jesus. And we've been led to understand that when I have a problem, like Job's buddies, Job, I know you had to do something. I, I, I know you messed up. But sometimes we don't mess up. And I think as we go through this passage of scripture, we're going to find out that even when obstacles come in our path, that God is doing something in order to help us be who he wants us to be. Sometimes God has to shake us up a little bit. In order that, in order that we don't get so comfortable uh, uh, that we can't grow and develop and become what he wants us to be. See, really his real goal is that we will uh, grow. And Jesus was our example. And it wasn't me. And, and I know we are examples, but we are not at the level of, of exemplifying who God really is like Jesus was. So Jesus is really your real example. When I fail, Jesus is your example. Pastor Collins failed. Jesus is your example. And, 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 and But I want to show you in this passage of what this real journey with Christ is really all about. Um, I know if you have said yes to Jesus, you have already been inducted to this journey program. But I know you have been inducted into the overall journey program, but there are small journeys to accomplish the big journey on our way to heaven. You'll turn with me to Mark. Mark, the fifth chapter. I say the fifth, let me look. Let's say the fourth chapter. The fourth chapter. Mark, the fourth chapter. Uh, Mark the 4th chapter verses 35 and I'll be reading all the way down to verse 41. Mark the 4th chapter verse 35. I, I, you know this passage of scripture. You've heard it over and over. Over and over again. But let me read it. And I'm reading. It's, it's Mark the 4th chapter verse 35 beginning at verse 35. It says... <clears throat> On that day, when evening came, he said to them, now listen what he says to them, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus 
Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want to talk about this journey with Jesus. This journey with Jesus. And I'm sure you know what a journey is because you all went on a journey this morning when you left your house and came over to the church. That was a journey. Perhaps some of you all left one place and went to another place other than this place, went to the store. That was a journey. A journey is nothing more than moving from one place to another place. We all take journeys. Every day we leave home, we go to work. But I want to specify, I'm talking about this journey from when you were lost and received Jesus to where you're going now, headed to heaven. What happens between those two points in this life? Well, let's take a look. It says, on that day when evening came, that's verse 35. Now, what is he talking about? Well, we had to go back and read a little bit. Uh, on that day, Jesus, when he taught, he usually taught multitudes of people. And he would get on a boat in order, like maybe on the uh, pulpit, of, so that he could stand away from the crowd. And normally, he would labor all day, teaching the crowds, teaching the multitudes, what thus said the Lord. So that's what he's saying on that day. On that day when evening came, it's saying that same day that he was teaching all these crowds, all these people, the multitudes of people, evening came. In other words, it's like you had gone to work at 7 o'clock. And now it is 4 o'clock and it's time for you to go home. So he was saying on that same day after he had labored, all day that he began to speak to the people. Now this is not my first point, but, 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 but well it is. Let me say it this. If, you, if you're taking notes, you can take a note. Verse 35, it talks about if God is getting ready to do something, he will give somebody an invitation in order to join him in what he's getting ready to do. You know, invitation, you know, some of y'all probably got invitations to Christmas programs. Uh, uh, you get invitations to uh, May graduates, June graduations, uh, invitations to weddings. And, and that's saying that I, I just want you to come and be a part of what is about to take place. And that's the invitation that God gives us uh, in, in, in this uh, uh, discipleship program is called uh, uh, Experiencing God 
There are seven realities that they talk about how we can experience God. The first uh, reality says God is always at work. Remember, God is always working. It might not look like it to you, but God is always at work. God never sleeps, nor slumbers, nor takes a rest. He's always at work. But he gives us invitations to join him in what he's already doing. The big problem is we tell him what we want to do. And there's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, I would like to. First of all, try to seek what God is up to. Look what he tells them. He gives them the invitation here. He says that on that day when evening came, now that's kind of interesting to me. On that day when evening came, it somewhat lets me know that he comes to us when life kind of settles down. I got anybody that can testify to that. I, I, I can testify. I, I was out walking yesterday before I went to this funeral. And I said, Lord, I, I really want to know what is your Holy Spirit all about? He said, you really want to know? I, I, I said, yeah. I, I really want to know how does your Holy Spirit really work in a believer? So this morning, I woke up I'm got TV on won't watch Christmas program. It's about 2.30. The spirit say you really want to know who I really am? I want you to go and read this particular passage of scripture. That's how the Holy He spoke to me. He was giving me an invitation to join him in what he was getting ready to do. Perhaps some of y'all have gotten invitations to, today. I know if you believe believer, you have gotten invitations to join God in something. And maybe you didn't accept the invitation. That's on you. But I'm trying to help you understand that when God comes to you, he's about to do something with you. He comes to us when it gets kind of quiet. In the morning, there's no destruction, I mean distractions. Comes to you when hopefully he has your undivided attention. But he gives the invitation. He tells them clearly what he's getting ready to do. He says, uh, after he gave them the invitation, he said, let us go to the other side. He didn't say, I want you to go to the other side. He didn't say, let us. Which meant that uh, us means uh, us. Us means Zayfi, Tasha. Us means everybody over here. Let us go to the other side. They forgot that. And it's important that you don't forget that. Sister Boyd, let us go to the audience. Yeah, let us. That's the invitation. He told them what he's getting ready to do. So first of all, on this journey, he will give us an invitation. And guess what? He makes the invitation very clear. 
most of the time. Let us go to the other side. He said, look, I'm just inviting y'all to join me because we're going on over to the other side. Simple as that. Then he said, and, and, and let me say this. Since God is always at work, he gives commands. Sometimes we want to take charge and give our own command. But, but, but let's look at and listen to him give the command. Then he, uh, he says uh, in verse 36, leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him. Says now, if you accept the invitation that he gives you, there's some things you need to do in order to make this journey successful. Look what it says. Leaving the crowd. I think King James said they sent the crowds away, I believe he said. That means that if we're gonna join God in this journey, there are some things that we have to kind of kick aside. Some things that we're gonna have to put aside. We're gonna have to leave some people alone that might be hindering us in accomplishing the goal that he's already laid before us. We might have to kick aside some other little things that we might be doing that is hindering us from getting where God really want us to be. Because remember, he said, let us, and, 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 and I know I can phone uh, focusing on that us. He's saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, so he's saying, leaving the crowd behind. In other words, some people, some friends, maybe we don't want to let go. He's saying, I'm here to help you. Remember, he said, let us. Uh, some things that you seem to have a problem with, you can't can't really get rid of. Uh, 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 they stronghold in your life. You know, they had strongholds. I've had strongholds in my life. I, I, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand if you got strongholds in your life because they are real. Uh, uh, he's saying I'm with you, and we can overcome those strongholds. Uh, he's saying uh, some places that you go, uh, you might have to stop hanging there. Uh, stop! 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 hanging around there so much if you won't go on this journey that I invited you to join me in. Uh, so he's saying leaving the crowd behind. But not only that, he says that the, they took him along with them in the boat. Well, well, just as he was. Well, Jesus no longer is available here. So what does that say to us today? It says to us that we need to have as much of his word. You remember, it says in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh. It said that Jesus, the word became flesh. It was then Jesus physically. But now since he's gone, it's back into his written word. They took him along with us. And let's stop just as he was. Let's stop trying to adjust what Jesus word. Yeah, yeah, we need to get understanding. But let's stop trying to make it say what we want it to say.
word just as it is to the best of our understanding. Stop trying to adjust and you know better. You want to make it say what you want it to say. Then finally it says and other boats were with him. Don't ever get the big head and think just because God invited you, he didn't invite anybody else. You know how some people they know everything. I know in the ministry I've come across some some preachers, boy, they they Jesus Christ himself. I'll tell you quick, I don't know, but I'll find out. Uh, but, but not only that he doesn't want us to get prideful because he invited us, but he's also saying that I don't you feel like you're all out here by yourself. See, and he took other boats with him. You're not the only one on this journey, so don't think that you are. But that's a good thing because other people are going to experience some stuff that you experience on this journey too. Said he had other boats along with him. This journey with Jesus. First of all, he gives you an invitation. Then he, he, he gives you the command. Jesus is giving the command. He running stuff here. You're not running anything here. He's running it. Understand that. Then he tells us some things that we need to do to get ready to go on this journey with him. Leave some stuff behind. Shake some dust off your feet. Stop going some places. Cut some people loose. They're holding you back. Then he tells us we, we, we can't. We need a GPS when we go on this journey. We got to take him along with us. We got to take his word with us. But then understand you're not the only one that's on this journey. He doesn't just give you an invitation. Give me one. Give Sister Brooks one. Give Craig one. Deacon Ray one. Richanda one. He gives invitations as he wills. It's interesting. You got everything going good. How many people got some stuff going on in their life right now? Be honest with me. Be honest. We all got some issues going on. Right? Got some stuff going on in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at it. They had done all they could do. I mean, they had done all they could do to get prepared to go on this journey. But I want you to look at what that next verse says. And there, I'm in verse 37 because you don't want to miss this one. If you miss any of them, you probably know about this one, but, but you, you, you don't want to miss this one. And there arose a fierce gale of wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been just life been going so good and all of a sudden you got a phone call and phone call wasn't too good. It was just been I had a friend yesterday, I took him home from the funeral and 
older lady, she told me, she said, I was just driving my car, my, my car just fell dead on me, just stopped. It, it, you ever just had stuff just to happen? Looked like life was just going good for you. And, and, and all of a sudden, it seemed like the bottom started to fall out. That's what he says. He says, they were on their way on this journey. They, 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 they were obedient to God. They had accepted his invitation. And they were going on over to the other side. And look what happened. Says, not a, not a gale of wind, but, but look at how he describes it. A fierce. Fierce means that this wind was all powerful. This wind probably could pick you up and probably carry you on the other side of that railroad track. I mean, this was a, this was some serious stuff. This wasn't just a little wind that blow through your head all the time. This was the wind who would knock you down. A fist, <laughs> kill a wind. They talk about that, you know, going on there. I think Sea of Galilee or whatever, about low sea level. I don't understand all that stuff, but 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 I do know it was a fierce gale of wind. I know I've had fierce gales of wind hit me in my life sometimes. I'm going about my business, my daily life, doing the very best that I can, trying to live according to God's word the best that I can. And what happens? A fierce. A wind hit me. Look up one day. Fierce gale of wind. Bank accounts empty. Fierce gale of wind. Look up one day. Spouse decide I don't want to be married to you no more. Fierce gale of wind. Go to work one day. We're going to have a layoff. Fierce gale of wind. I don't know if I'm on your street, your street yet. Fierce gale of wind. I'm gonna have to marry. I'm gonna have to mess with the truck driver <laughs> driving down the road. Tire blow out. Fierce gale wind. Not only was there a fierce gale wind, but look what a fierce gale wind can do. It says that this wind hit the water, and it began to throw the water overboard. Now guess what? Well, the people that's traveling with Jesus riding on the ship, sometimes that's all right as long as the wind comes up. But when it starts to come where I am, it's serious stuff now. Water coming on the boat. I, I know. Just like uh, in, uh, what was it? Who was it? Jonah? You know, they were trying to dip the water out. It didn't say it in here, but if I was on the boat, I'd go get me a bucket. They were trying to dip the water out, but it was too much. Keep that in mind. It was too much. I couldn't get it all out fast enough. It was coming in faster. Get a call from the schoolhouse. Children acting crazy. Fierce gale of wind. A lot of examples of fierce gale of wind. Go to the doctor. Get a bad report. Fierce Gale of wind. Water. Coming on over in the boat. But let's see. 
what we need to do. See, in verse 7, 7 37, point I want to make is that trials are tested and we'll come on this journey with Jesus. You need to know that. Some people will mislead us and make us think as long as I got Jesus, everything is okay. And it is okay because he's with you to help you get through. But don't think that you won't have any issues because you got Jesus with you. If that was the case, why were you standing around the altar? Why was there a special prayer request? As long as you got Jesus, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because he's going to be with us. You got to understand that. Let's see what happens next. Verse 38 says that, the, let me see here. Says that now we're breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. At first, 38 is kind of humorous, but I, it's real. Look what it says. It says Jesus, Jesus himself. Like the band. Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion. I don't know if you've ever had this problem, uh, but, but, but I had this problem. It just seemed like sometimes, you know the words, he'll never leave us, nor forsake us. <laughs> you ever had a fierce gale of wind come your way, and it seemed like water was coming over in the boat, and looked like you, you, you're calling on Jesus, and Seemed like maybe he went deaf on you. Uh, it just seemed like he don't hear you. Says that he was in the stern asleep on a cushion. Uh, you know, I, I say I'm not a boater, but the stern is the back of a boat, huh? It, it seems like Jesus is in the back of our lives sometimes. Uh, he was asleep on a cushion. But our trials and our testing, uh, it requires, in verse 38 points, it requires that we enter into prayer. I don't care if it does seem like that he's asleep in your situation. He's saying you keep on asking and knocking and seeking me. That's what he's saying. Jesus might not answer when you want him to answer. Says they called on him. Sometimes situations, I call them God-sized problems, they get too big for us to handle. You gotta call on him. You gotta consistently call on him. Lord, help me. Told you, I, I know I've been caught up in some situations and I ain't called on him. <laughs> Uh, it, it got so bad one time, I walked at this park and it got a big hill. I decided maybe I wasn't close enough. I went up on the hill and called on him, held my hand up, Lord, if you don't come see about me, I'm going to sink, I'm going to drown. You been there? Yeah, you been there. No different from me, you been there. At one point or another in your life, you got 
Call on him. It requires prayer. Let's see. Says uh, Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Sometimes it just seems like this is a game that the devil will play on your mind. He said, let us go. And if he said, let us go, that meant we were going to make it, huh? But, 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 uh, what, what is it? Uh, uh, Psalm 23. About the, he, he guides me through the shadow of the valley of death. We, we, we got to understand that he is with us and he knows when to stop it. He's trying to get something out of us. See, we want to get where God wants us to be, but we don't want to do what's necessary. I want to live five pounds big press, but I don't want to work out three days a week. I want to run a marathon, but I don't want to go and build myself up where I can run 26 miles. We don't want to give what we need to give sometimes. But they call on him. Lie! You don't care. Does it ever seem like God don't care about you? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? God don't care about you. You ever been there? Seems like he don't care about you. You ever been there, Doris? Craig, you ever been there? Seems like he don't care about you. I think we've all in this room been there. Desmond, I know you've been there. Terrell, you've been there. I know you've been there. Just seems like God don't care about us. But he's really trying to get something out of us. That's why he doesn't move all of a sudden. Lord, you don't care about me. Well, let's see what he does. Says, and uh, he got up. Every boot rebuked the wind and said to the sea, huh, be still. I read stuff like this, and I tell you this all the time. Uh, be still, wind. Be still. Didn't I tell you to be still? Be still. What are you telling me, Rob? Trying to tell you that there's some things we're going to encounter on this journey with Jesus that's bigger than us. We're not going to be able to handle it. It's a God-sized problem. I mean, no doubt the fierce killer wind was still blowing. It was still calling the water, causing the water to come on over in the boats. No doubt, they were trying to take care of it themselves. They were, had their little pails trying to dip the water out. <laughs> it was coming in too fast. The little pails just wouldn't work. Sometimes your little old ways that you try to deal with stuff just won't work. But it says that when he finally got up, 
I just tried that. You just saw me. You just saw me speaking to that wind and it's still blowing. But when he got up, when he got up, when he stand up, because he told him, let us go. He spoke to the wind. And let me read it again. And the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And look what it says. And the wind died down. Look like this wind getting strong. And I spoke. What's wrong with your wind? You don't want to listen to me? Some of our situations, just because I'm saying something or doing something, I can't take care of it. God is the only one who can take care of some of our situations. Let, 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 let me hurry on. Let me get out of here. So only God can handle certain situations as we travel this journey with him. Let's see. And he said to them, I'm in verse 40, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? This is a tough situation now. Um, I was walking one day over the track and just out of nowhere, a waltz came by and I'm walking, hit me on my ear. I'm walking, just flew by and hit me on my ear. Now I'm a little afraid of waltz. I was stumbling pretty good. There are some things that, see, fear is good because fear can protect us. But when we get so afraid that we forget that God is with us, fear can destroy us. Look what he asked them. Are you that afraid that you forgot I was on board with you and you didn't allow your faith to override your fear? Faith said, Lord, I believe you. I don't care what the situation is. I don't do what you want me to do. Fear says, I think I'm going to turn around. Got a little rough. I'm getting ready to jump boat. I'm getting ready to jump ship. So, obstacles coming out of mist. I want you to look at it this way. The question is, what is God trying to do? He says, I'm trying to help you keep your focus on me. I'm trying to develop your faith that you can be who I'm calling you to be. That in all ways you can glorify me. That's what he's telling us. Or oh, were you so afraid? What's happened to your faith? And I know we lose our faith in certain circumstances. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have? He said, no faith. No faith. My goodness. 
No faith. As long as things are going well with us, boy, we got more faith than the law will allow. But when some obstacles coming out of this, seem like our faith disappeared. That's what he was saying. Did your faith disappear? When you accepted my invitation to go on the other side, look like your chest was stuck out and you had all kind of faith. But now that the sea got a little tough, this very wind has come your life. Seem like your faith has disappeared. I know there was times when you all was working on this sanctuary. I wasn't here then. But I know that was a storm that came through. I think that storm was named Harvey. <laughs> I, I remember y'all had the shell up. Y'all had put it in the wall of the sheetrock. I know about that. Had put it in the sheetrock. Boy, y'all were on your way, huh? I think you had put tile even in the back, huh? But Harvey showed up. You remember Harvey? Back in 2018, I believe it was. Harvey showed up in Lausanne, Jerusalem. Fierce girl of wind. Remember what? Out in the sanctuary. I think you have to go through and cut. I don't know about measurement. Six feet, I don't know how much you have to cut out. You have to cut the bottom of the wall out. But where are you sitting now? Where are you sitting? See, we sometimes get disturbed when obstacles come in our midst, but, but Jesus said it this way. In this life, you will have tribulations. I think that's John 16, 13. But, but you can be of good cheer because I have overcome uh, this world. What he was saying, there's nothing when you're walking with me. When you accept my invitation to join me, there is nothing in this life that can stop me from accomplishing what I said that we're going to accomplish. Well, the question is, how do I know I've had a visit with Jesus? How do I know God has really worked in my situation? Well, you already know the answer, but I'm going to read it anyway. Look what it says. It says that uh, after he had challenged them about faith over fear, verse 41 says that they became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is that even the wind and the sea obey him? How do you know you had an experience with the master? <laughs> because he took care of something that you couldn't take care of. He leaves you in a state of amazement. He leaves you with your mouth wide open. I, I, I like to see the roller skaters, not the roller skaters, but the skateboarders, and how they could go up these walls and come back down and they be still on the skateboard. Sometimes I be. That's, that's, that's the way you know you got an experience with the master. That, that's the way you know you had an experience with God when some stuff happened that's amazing. 
Thank you. That's how you know you had an experience with the master. When some stuff happens, that's amazing. You know you couldn't deal with it. But yet you made it on the other side of it. That's what happened. I know you're tired of it. I'm getting ready to go. Come on, Pastor Collins. I'm, I'm fixing to go. I'm going to get out of here. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to sit down. But, 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 but I want you to know. You're going to be amazed when God worked your situation out. You know you couldn't have done it on your own. And God worked it out. But I do want you to know that this journey with Jesus is just not smooth. There's going to be some fears. Gales of wind. That's going to come your way. But that's why he gave us the instrument of prayer that we can call on it. Even when it looks like he's asleep, we're going to keep calling. And when he comes in, he does what I can't do. He make the wind cease. He stop the waves from flowing over in my boat.